Coming to you from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Quinn Spin. I'm your host, Quinn. At least that's how they know me on the show. I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You just heard Revel 9's All I've Become, which has been our opening theme song since the great year of 2014. And it will be until the very end of days. And we're back here on the interview set at Helping Our Music Evolve in the heart of East Nashville, Tennessee. And I am joined by the first ever three-time guest Whoa. to the Quinspin in nine plus years. In any run, you're the first, you're the first guest, non-co-host. To come back to the show three times, it's Foundation Mecca, who's a hip-hop artist What's and up? just multi-talented, hard-working individual here and just good member of our community here in Nashville. So, sir, thank you again for joining us for now the third time. Wow, that's impressive. Well, to be fair, the second time was kind of by accident. Yeah. It was after we recorded the Sunday Funday episode with Goldie and uh-huh. Sean, and the mics were still on, and yep. we just started talking about life. And about 20 minutes in, we're like, this is another episode. Why? Yeah, why not? You and, know. and then I needed an episode a few weeks later, and we rolled it out. It so, out. So you ended up being the thir- the first three-time guest on wow, the show. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me and just, yeah, providing a platform. Yeah, and even yeah. though it's only been like six months, there's like so much to talk about, right? Because you've yeah. released so much music. Yeah. Yeah. There's just been a lot happening, I think, in both of our worlds. So this will be a good opportunity to catch up. But before we do that... For those who haven't listened to a previous episode you've been on, mm-hmm. I ask every guest of the show three standard questions, as you know. Mm-hmm. So let's remind the people, who are you? What are your passions? And why on earth would you want to come on the Quinspin for the third time? Mm. I am Foundation Mecca, and I am a healer and also the leader of a movement called Hill Hop, which is healing people through hip hop. Also one third of Heru Heru, which is a hip hop group in Nashville. Uh, the, represents the golden era but also pushes uh the healer you know agenda and the healer instinct mindset um to heal people through the music um also you know alliance and a uh affiliated member of b4l shout out to b4l um also one half of gi frontline me and my brother's group um also a, sun, a part of the sunday funday crew as well Sunday Funday's out right now. Y'all stream that. Um, What's that? It's more than 200,000 streams now yeah, on Spotify. Crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I appreciate all the fans out there for streaming it, all the people who support the song. It's country hip-hop, you know, or country gutter or country rap tunes, as Pimp C would say it. Uh, and I feel like that was important. We were from Nashville. You know, we do the same thing, you know. We do hip hop, but also we was raised on country music, like by default. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I usually listen to country music on my bus, like on the bus, like mm-hmm. the country, you know, the bus driver will play country music on the way to the school. Yeah. On the way back from school, you know, my grand, my uh, pops used to play Elvis in country music when we went to sleep. <laughs> so that's how I entrenched in country music. So I'm like, why not? But uh, yeah, that's who, pretty much who I am, and um, my passion. You said, what, what's the second one? Yeah, what are your passions? My passions uh, is helping people through music and giving people like some type of gem or some type of inspiration through the music. Um, but music is the passion as well. Um, but healing people through the music as, as well is the passion. Um, and also this like meeting through people, new people through the music as a, as a vehicle. 
and seeing where it takes me. Um, also, I like cooking. People just probably didn't know that. But I didn't know that. I, didn't that my, know. One of my passions is cooking. What's man. your favorite thing to cook? Ah, oh, so many things. I'm a foodie, so there's so many things I like to cook. But pasta is my my like my go to. Uh, fish is my go to. Like uh, salmon or tilapia. Um. What else? What else I like to cook? I know I kind of put you on the spot. No, no, that was great. I love it. <laughs> steak. I like to cook steak, like sear it, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Uh, you're making me hungry, man. Uh, I don't think I have breakfast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, those are like my one of some of my fa- top favorites. Uh, also, tacos and my sons, they like tacos, so I always cook it up. And, Who doesn't like tacos? Yeah, I know, right? And ramen. I love making ramen yeah. from scratch. Yeah, ramen. Uh, for my kids, they love ramen. Like, the, yeah, just like putting your own ingredients, ginger, soy sauce, all the good stuff. But yeah, so that's one of my passions as well. Yeah. Yeah, I learned something today. And yeah, then- yeah, exactly. Dancing is one of my other passions, hidden passions. Uh, love dancing. I love, you know, releasing through movements, um, creative movements. So yeah. And then uh, why the hell would I want to be in uh why on earth would I want to be on the Queen of Expansion? Mostly because, you know, you provide a unique platform for people to express themselves, different types of people that normally wouldn't get interviewed uh, from different walks of life. Um, and it gives people opportunity to express themselves as creatives, artists, or whatever they do in their field, um, to be able to let the world know, like, this is what I do, this is who I am, this is my passion, this is what I I'm headed, and this is, like, my community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what we're here to do, and thank you again for coming back. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. So in your first in your first two appearances, we didn't really get too far into your background, your formative experiences, what led you to this creative path. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, as I'm sure they are out there, what led you to a life of creativity? What inspired you to pursue music? What inspired mm-hmm. you to pursue this world aware healing aspect of art as well um that's a good question um it's a lot of variables i would say the first one was i had um, a challenge to write my first rap for my mom's boyfriend at the time um he was like a father figure and i was like nine nine years old and like in the projects and he was like write a song about kool-aid and i'll give you five dollars and i was like all right, <laughs> came up with a song about Kool-Aid. I don't even remember the rap, <laughs> but I wrote it, and then it was like a whole page long, and I was like, I, I like this. You know, for me, write my first rap and to be a page long, it's like, I must really like this. Mm-hmm. So that was like the first, like, oh. Then listening to, like, music like N.W.A. I know I'm fucking young, but N.W.A., um, uh, Tupac, uh, The Roots, uh, a lot of West Coast music at the time. Crisscross, <laughs> um, I the bus. Yeah, the brat, mm-hmm. uh, Missy Elliott, and stuff like that. So it was music like that that inspired me, especially Tupac. And then I went to middle school and poetry uh, English class, and my teacher, I still remember her name, Miss Robichaud. Shout out Miss Robichaud out there. Uh, introduced me to poetry, and that changed my life because she introduced me to like raising in the sun. Uh, my mama introduced me to Tupac books like Rose Out of Concrete. Miss Robichaud introduced me to like Langston Hughes, uh, stuff like that. So I was never introduced to poetry in that form, and that just changed my life. And I started writing poetry. My big cousin did music, 
they introduced me to like how to write raps, how to write a 16. And then I got into that aspect and I'm like, oh, I can really try to rap now. And my only thing was articulation. Because mm-hmm. I, I had the vocabulary, I had the flow. I just didn't have the articulation to say the flow, mm-hmm. say the words. So I started working on that and sharpening my sword. And then later on, I started noticing music shifting uh, into like a whole different other frequency. And it became more about murder, more about drugs, more about violence, which I was like cool with when I was younger because it was like that was music. That was gangster music. That's mm-hmm. what I grew up on. But then it started getting real like this is all it is now. Mm-hmm. And it's like the percentage of good music and conscious music started to well like dwindling. And I was like, I'm and I was like, Man, that's interesting. And then I had this thing with my brother, a group called GI Frontline. We still got the group, but we kind of do our own thing. And then uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time was like, he was managing us. And he was like, try to do music without cussing. And that was a challenge, write music without cussing. Right. And once I did that, I started filling those cuss words with other vocabulary words mm-hmm. that were expanding my vocabulary. I started reading the dictionary. And we was like going the gospel route. That didn't work out too good because we almost got to deal with Lionsgate at the time, which was cool, but it fell through. But uh, by divine time, divine grace, because uh, we was meant for something else. So once I started writing with no cuss words, it started introducing me to new worlds of how they introduce music. And it was like, oh, pay attention to your words, what your words are saying. Like Tupac said, don't listen so much. Uh, listen to what they're saying in the music, not just to the beat. Mm-hmm. Listen to what the actual message is, because words are powerful. Mm-hmm. Words are spells. Words are impeccable. So it's like, what am I saying? How can I resonate? How can I make it stick to somebody's brain? How can I inspire? Inspire. Then I met Adeli, which is my partner in rhyme, and I met Conscious Beats, uh, our producer, who, which is my cousin now, I found out years later. Um, and he started producing music that's like 528 hertz, mm-hmm. which is the love frequency, which you can kind of like influence, just like they manipulate sound and they they change the uh, chord of music and how music should sound with mm-hmm. rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And rock and roll music is like on a different frequency. And hip hop music is on different frequency. Gangster music is on a different frequency. Drill music is on a different frequency. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even think I knew that. Yeah. yeah so 528 yeah. hertz is like, okay, this is the love frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can put it in music mm-hmm. and you can tune it to that, that frequency. Uh, and then we start changing our lyrics. Like, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about something relevant. We're going to talk about something positive. We're going to talk about something uplifting. Uh, and we're kind of like the rebels now. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like the punk artists now. Yeah. <laughs> because you think about it, gangster music, like country music was in, then gangster music was the punk music, right? Mm-hmm. And then that took over mm-hmm. in the 90s, you know, and now gangster music is the norm because it's pop music now. Right. And to be conscious now is the punk music. Mm-hmm. To be aware is the punk music. Yeah, yeah. Although I do feel I'm optimistic about a shift coming back Come on. toward consciousness, toward self-awareness. I mean, we're seeing it in society. We're yeah. seeing it with the increased focus on mental health in society mm-hmm. on self-care yeah. on just ha- spirituality and how we're showing up in the world for ourselves how we're showing up in the world for each other mm-hmm. like there's this big there's been this big movement i think since 2020 in mm-hmm. particular where i think people are tired of the manufactured you know the the superficial like people want to get real and, and yeah. people want to address real issues and heal 
You know, th- yeah. there's a lot of healing that I think we realized we needed yeah. over the course of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I just, it, it just feels so different from like when I moved here in 2018, the first full year 2019, like it was kind of like for me, this ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. like victory lap. I'm in Nashville. And then 2020, like we all had that look in the mirror. Mm ready or not <laughs> you know He's like here. the world slowed down and we were left to sit with mm. ourselves for a while and it can be very challenging to to have that look in the mirror but i think that's starting to really reflect in art mm. and certainly you guys are leading the charge i remember 2020 was the year i met you guys yeah. right here on this stage yeah. there was uh, the heel hop fundraiser yeah. live stream that we that we produced here and that's when I became aware of Heru Heru. Yeah. And then all of you guys, you know, by proxy, you know, in the individual projects. And there is just such this, yeah, there, there's such this shift taking place. Yeah. That, that's really encouraging. I don't know if you've noticed that too. Yeah, I definitely noticed. I felt it more before I learned about it. Like I was going to festivals and, and I was remember like the feeling of everybody coming together on the same frequency, same mindset, same positive energy um same yeah same like almost everybody was almost on the same accord at this festival Mm -hmm. called may pop fest Mm -hmm. and it was interesting because it was like i was with my tribe that's what it felt like yeah and then after the like you said COVID, it it reminds you to go inward Mm -hmm. so you had to go inward regardless if you try to go external there was nothing to go external to right there was nowhere to go <laughs> no no clubs We're all stuck in our house unless it was in atlanta <laughs> there was no clubs you yeah. know to go to or whatever and you couldn't like you couldn't uh go to yeah you either had to go to your vices or you had to go internal and meditate mm-hmm. and on yourself and reflect and um that's what i did i reflected and just like pound, pound out music like crazy like yeah just went into my my hyperbolical time chamber and just like time stopped. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is the perfect time to just, just express. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I deal with the COVID. Yeah. I, I just literally went in the studio and created. Yeah. It's amazing. Once you strip away all the excesses, what you're left with and like, you realize whether or not you're happy with that. Mm. And I think we all went through that. Like for me, I probably, I don't know if I would have left corporate America at the end of 2020 if I wasn't just sitting at home, working from home, day job, and then this is my night job, you Mm -hmm. know? And essentially having the chance to weigh the two together and be like, which one do I like better? Obviously this, which is why I'm still doing it. Your passion called out louder. Yeah, and it was just like, it was just one of those, like, the beating of the drum just getting louder Mm. and louder, like, make the jump, make the jump. And there was so much fear, you Mm. know, because it's easy when you're just flying all over town, you know, or flying all over the country like I did in 2019. And you're not really, you're not really forced to think about things. It's just like, life's good right now. I'm not asking any questions, but then you kind of, you dig deeper and it's like, but is this what I want? Is this how I want to build my life? You know? And the answer was no. Now I miss the corporate America money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I value my time more, Mm -hmm. you know, and my time's going to go and make that, hopefully tenfold tenfold yes you know so it's just one of those things where it's like the the looks in the mirror and the way that that time has transformed us Mm -hmm. has you know it's still having these ripple effects you know even a couple years in you Mm -hmm. know and it's going to continue to i think we're going to continue to see that in people's art Mm -hmm. in the way people approach life in the way people approach business and the way you've approached it is very prolifically (laughs) i mean this year alone i mean since sunday funday You've released an EP, you've released a whole bunch of singles, codes yeah. in particular is 
I think upwards of twenty seven thousand streams yeah, on Spotify that yeah. produced with Ian Osborne mm-hmm. here, yeah. uh, as part of the Light League. Shout project. out to Ian. Yeah. And let me tell you something about Ian. Every single person I talk to who's worked with Ian talks <laughs> about not only his brilliance in the studio, but his ability to just pull the best out of it. Yeah, he's one of the like I'll consider him like a, like he's a great. He will be renowned as a great once. Once that the world knows about Ian, you know, uh, Ian Osborne's, we were talking about like lead music. Uh, yeah, he's a dope, dope producer and a dope guy in the studio. Like, he's a great guy. Like, he know how to, like, guide you to that place. Like, oh, I got to exercise my full potential that I didn't see when I'm just in the studio by myself. Yeah. Because I'm in the studio all every day, all day by myself. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have somebody who see that, that and can pull it out and knows where your, your strong suits are. Yeah. And uh, he knows how to, like, strengthen that that core right there inside of the artist. Like, oh, I know where I need to go. He's great at direct, giving directions. So, yeah, it's always a pleasure working with him in the studio. I'm yeah, honest. I've heard nothing but great things from every single artist I've talked to who's mm-hmm. worked with him. And, yeah, I, he's... Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant and super nice guy. Yeah, and, super uh, duper producer, too. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Everything everything he rolls out. Yes. You know, that, everything that has his notch. name on it, it's top notch. Yeah, yeah, and then um, you know, like we just make some moves with codes, so we just looking for you know when to get picked up. But uh, yes, you know, but I feel like anything we make together is going to be magic. Yeah, I don't know what it, it don't even matter what genre it is, because I can go any genre, he can go any genre, and that's what makes our magic works. And we're both cool, like we both on some nerdy shit when we get in the studio. We both always on the same level, we're like I. I got this idea and we're open-minded. Yeah. We don't go in like, oh, it got to be this way. Mm-hmm. No, we like, let's try that. Because I can do different vocal inflections with my voices. Right. Like, people's like, you should do voiceovers because you have different voices. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, well, you know, let's try this vocal. Let's try this vocal take. He's yeah. like, that was cool. Let's do that. Forget what we had. You know, it's, oh, I'm not, we not married to like one idea. Right, right. We just try everything like Pharrell and you know, push a T or like whoever, you know, in the studio. So yeah, I think that's what makes our magic. Yeah. Well, you follow the intuition, yes. you know, you follow, you follow the trail where it leads and sometimes you end up somewhere completely different than you started more often than not. I yeah. would say, you know, things sometimes are, better than the original. Yeah. 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 And it, it helps having that person to pull the best out of you to pull your own versatility out mm-hmm. of you. So yeah. you don't stay in that box, yeah. you know, to get you thinking outside and, versatility wise i mean you can pretty much do it all yeah you know <laughs> yeah, I, appreciate it, I mean yeah. as an mc i on the on the um feels good to be a live ep there's my love which is like this caribbean <laughs> pop tune afro beat type of vibe yeah yeah and like yeah. i so you released that right after i got back from the beach and I'm oh, like, Shoot, man, i wish yeah. i wish i had this a couple <laughs> weeks ago hey go back yeah yeah it, 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 it did it, it just like you know i was i was missing i was missing the beach pretty hard man, i'm just like it. all right just close my eyes and think about it for a second there you go yeah in the sun yeah. yeah you could just hear it on the boardwalk at the jersey shore yeah it's funny out. about that track i was like you know, I always like make different shit, and then I like come out like, oh, let me see how it sounds uh, after I do this certain thing to it. Uh, but I have been working on like maybe two or three other Afrobeat songs, and I was like, let me just get confident about my singing voice. Yeah. I always had like a doubt or fear about putting my singing voice out there uh-huh. because I'm a I'm known as an MC, like the persona is rapper, right. Uh, just like the Sunday Funny, I didn't wasn't that fearful of that one because I had a squad behind me. Right, right, right. It was a team effort. It mm-hmm. was a movement. Um, still a movement. Still pushing it. Um, but now it's like 
they let me exercise different parts of me. Yeah, I'm trying to work on my singing voice. Like, how, like I have to drop it sometime. I yeah. have to introduce it at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not do it through Afrobeat, which is popular right now, and see how people the response is, so I know what to do next time. It's like fail fast so you succeed further. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like you got to take that jump. Yeah. At some point you just got to take the jump. You got to try, you know. And I think the track came out really well. Thank you, you know? man. Appreciate it. that means yeah. a lot because I was not sure about the track. Let's drop it to this like being spontaneous, sad yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to do that, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you don't know what's gonna hit. You don't know what's gonna resonate True. with people. But you do, you just throw it out there. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm at the point, you know, nine plus years in, where I've kind of realized like no one thing is going to define you, good or Come bad. Come on, man. So you might as well, you might as well just try it. You might as well throw it to the wall and see what sticks, mm -hmm. you know, and it's pretty much what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. See where it leads, you know, and like, you know, beyond the EP, you know, of course, Codes, Radar earlier this year, mm -hmm. One Man Army, like you've released so much wow, music. I didn't realize that, yeah. And like you give it, Powerball just came out as well. Mm -hmm. And you've like given people so many different shades of you and your ability. And that's not even talking about the Heru Heru stuff, <laughs> you know, like. Pretty yes. much any style of hip hop you can do, and mm -hmm. you're pretty well versed in. And now you're getting more into this like Afrobeat R and B pop realm mm -hmm. as well, and it's really exciting. And and country even with Sunday <laughs> Funday, like it's really exciting to see an artist like not limit themselves to any one thing. Yeah, because that's the type of person, that's the type of artist I think endures is the one who's able to reinvent, mm. still keep things within certain parameters of this is who I am. Yeah. But who I am is very complex, and there's all these different layers, Come and there's all, all there's all these different things I could do. Think of the artists that endure, you know they they're able to adapt, yeah. they're able to evolve, they're able to speak to certain moments in time. Mm -hmm. And I think you're well on your way to enduring, you know, mm -hmm. for the long run because of your ability to switch things up and experiment mm -hmm. and create different sounds. That's what it's about, man. I was talking to somebody last night at the show about he's like so much versatility on your show, and because uh, my set list was just everywhere yeah. but it was still my own sound yeah like i was in edm i was in house i was hip-hop it was boom bap it was like trap it was every different genre you can name but it was still in my own realm like you said it was still part of me and i was like it's more so me creating my own sound so any like a kanye yeah. so any sound you put your sound to it's like it becomes you it's like right. you embody it yeah and then next thing you know it's like oh that's just foundation mecca mm-hmm they don't put a genre to it because mm -hmm. I genre bend all the time. Yeah. I, I don't really like being in the box. Yeah. So I try to do everything to be out of the side of the box that I possibly yeah. can. So I throw an Afro beat. Mm -hmm. I throw people for a loop. Even my fans, they're like, I didn't expect this. That's good because yeah. the next album, you may not expect this. Right. <laughs> you know, whatever I come out with. So you're not so, super surprised. Yeah. You know, what yeah. I can come up with. So, yeah. yeah. At that point, you become the common thread. You yes. become the trend. There's yes. a sensibility of you that is the undercurrent to all mm -hmm. of this. And some of my favorite artists have that, you know, just across the board, across genres where, like, it sounds different from album to album. You yeah. never quite know what you're going to get. Yeah. But what you are going to get is something that they wanted to make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And, like... Yeah. I appreciate that because you can tell when it's forced. Mm -hmm. You can tell when it's forced and people are trying to grab at straws and people are trying to just stick with the trend. And like, it's interesting because I feel like more artists that kind of dive into that part yeah. of the industry where it's like, let someone else tell me what I need to create are now coming out of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe a post COVID thing as mm -hmm. well, where it's just like, you know, I was making all this manufactured music that just wasn't me. That wasn't representative of my artistry. And mm -hmm. now they're getting to the point where it's like, I'm going to create what I want. 
And that's inspiring because you know the next thing they release is going to be fire. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. After they break that whole like industry manufacturing of Mm. their image, of their sound. Once they get back out on their own, it's like, this is going to be the most honest record they've ever made. And like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it builds that anticipation, that anticipation, I think usually takes, you know, yeah. it pays off, you know, that's real. Like you said, a, a good thing right there about manufacture, like they spend so much time in the fake bubble world that as soon as that bubbles popped, they're exposed to like the other stuff yeah. that makes the music real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I did that like with during COVID. I learned myself. I mm-hmm. learned my own style. Learned my own sound. What I'm comfortable yeah. with, like what trends I don't want to follow. Right. You know what I'm saying? What trends I want to create, um, especially experimenting. Every time I get in the studio, I'm literally experimenting. Mm-hmm. And then if it comes out like a uh, codes or comes out like a Sunday Funny, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just mostly experiment. So the stuff that I put out is mostly like a hundred songs in, mm-hmm. maybe fifty songs in. Yeah. And some of these songs are just dropped. Like, I may drop a codes because it's fresh and I'm feeling really good about it and I just want to get it out. Mm-hmm. Then some songs may not come out to three years later, like Powerball. Mm-hmm. That was done like two years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. the songs are, you know, so the songs I'm like, I feel real good about. I just yeah. want to drop it right ahead. So I think it's about trusting your instincts, mm-hmm. trusting your intuition, and being yourself authentically because nobody can be you better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And time and place and knowing what the catalog needs. Yes. You know, knowing what, you know, your artist, what output needs to kind of diversify itself, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and I think every artist needs like a Codes or a Sunday Funday, something that has that commercial appeal yes, yeah. to bring people in yep. to the rest of the catalog. We've been talking about this. <laughs> we were talking about this out here last week, yeah. and that's when we decided, you know what? I have studio time. Let's just go do a podcast about it. Like, <laughs> you know, the song, in so many instances, the song that brings me into an artist is the song that I forget is by that artist. <laughs> because, uh... like, you dig into so much of the back catalog, you know, and you explore it, you know, and you you really get in the weeds of the, if you're a music lover, you get in the weeds of the intricacies and like the different sounds, the different phases they've gone through in their artistry, the ways they've experimented. The example I gave last week when we were talking was the Dirty Heads because they released Lay Me Down with Sublime with Rome back in 2008. Then it took off a, that album, Any Port in a Storm took off for them a couple years later. Mm. And like, I like that song, yeah. but I almost forget it's by them because like, there's so much they've released in the decade plus since mm. that like has really grabbed me to the point where it's like, oh yeah, lay me down. That was the song that brought <laughs> me in. It's a great song, yeah. but yeah. like the way they've been able to diversify their sound, like through hip hop influence, mm. through even like roots and like folk singer songwriter influence at times, like mm. they've been able to diversify their catalog so much that it's like you had that point of singularity. Yeah. And it's more exciting for me as a music fan to see everything wow. that that has cr- branched off into. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for like Pharrell is one of those guys yeah. too. He can just go any part of the universe yeah. and pull from it. Um, and it just creates a bigger world for you. Yeah. It's like almost like a, as an artist, you're creating like a. I told my girl, it's like, you, it's like almost creating a spaceship. Yeah. You know, like, you're like a sound spaceship. Mm-hmm. So you can go anywhere in the universe with the spaceship. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And once you create this universe, this own universe, you'll be like, oh, I can go here with it. I can go to this planet. I can go to this planet. Mm-hmm. I can go to this planet. Like for real, nobody heard happy 
in the 2000, uh, 2012s when he was, took over radio, Neptunes took over the radio. Right. Nobody heard that coming from Pharrell until years later. Like, now he's on Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's like, you never know what's going to come out. Like, I yeah. tell everybody, like, Pharrell used this great example about being in the, uh, the, the studio. He's like, Always go to the studio. Always go to the library with your library card because mm -hmm. you never know what book you're gonna pull out. Yeah, that's how I feel about the studio. You never, mm -hmm. never know what kind of magic you're gonna pull out. Yeah, that's why I start doing like one day. I mean, one song a day for a hundred days. Mm -hmm. That challenge, I challenge myself. So I'm gonna do a one song a day for a hundred days, whether it's producing, writing the song, recording the song, whatever. I'm just gonna do it, and that got me in the habit of this being in and catching the magic. Cause you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, it's coming from the heavens, the source, some source, mm -hmm. some infinite power. But you gotta be there. They pull it, they get it. You know, they get it from the the higher source. Mm -hmm. And you just have to let yourself be in the flow of it. Like you can't force anything. No. You have to let it come to you. It's not your song anyway. It's it's literally from the universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's all you all you're doing is channel it mm -hmm. and it's being present to channel it. Like yeah. you said, yeah, yeah. And like you just gotta get in there and play in the sandbox. Really, you Basically. know, when, if you go in. I feel like a lot of songwriters, especially when they're starting out, like make this mistake, like going in, like I need to, I need to get this song out of this right. I yeah. need to get this song, you know, I, I need, I need a song that does this for yeah. me. When you go in and try to force it again, people, people know that, mm. you know, and it's just letting it be an organic process. It's creativity because it allows you to create. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a blue sky. It yeah. doesn't need to be in this box. As a matter of fact, you know, that tunnel vision, will hinder, will stunt mm. your growth as a creative, whatever yeah. your medium, I think. Pharrell's an interesting case, though, because like I remember the early 2000s, yeah. like the NERD stuff, yeah. uh, rock star, like that alternative hip-hop like vibe of that, of that whole project. And then, yeah, he comes back like a decade plus later with Happy. Reinvent it. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's like totally something out of left field. You would never expect from Pharrell Williams, and but it worked. You, you can't never stop making music because you don't know what the next hit song is going to come out to. Like you don't know what like it's going to come from. He probably wasn't expecting happy. Literally, right. he probably just received it from the universe. Is like download it. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, this is what we're doing today. Yeah, and then just start getting some inspiration, making the tambourines, doing the shakes, calling the choir. You know, it's just, yeah. and that's how the flow happens. Like he didn't right. force it; he was just there right. to catch it. Yeah, it could have been easily a Bruno Mars song. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm that, saying? that could have very easily been a Bruno Mars song, <laughs> exactly. especially that era of Bruno Mars. Come on, you know, you know, and he's doing like Bruno Mars. He's bringing the funk era back. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I love so. Where did that shit come from? Like, where did that like magic come from? Like, yeah. oh, to do a uh, 24 karat. Mm -hmm. Nobody expected that from Bruno Mars, but yeah. yet he still brought it. And then him and Anderson Pock together. It's a lethal magic. combination. I'm so, I'm still playing that album on repeat, bro. It's still classic really, music, like timeless. Absolutely timeless. Timeless, and you could play twenty years from now. You could play it in the seventies. Yeah, it still would make sense. Yeah, and I I don't I don't know what my favorite track is on that album because it changes. It yeah, yeah, it yeah. changes. It changes every day. It depends how your mood is. Yeah, like Fly as Me is 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 a classic. I come back to that a lot. Smoking out the window. Song. Um, after last night is just a showstopper, man. And then, like, you think about the skating community, like how mm -hmm. it's like literally intertwined with the skate community yeah. is coming back and like full front, yeah. like the roller skating community mm -hmm. and that uh, music, like skate. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like that stuff is over. Like you know, you you hear it everywhere now, and it's like 
it's supposed to be here because it's timeless. Yeah, that, those harmonies all, all over that album. The vocals are off the charts. And them two make sense. Yeah, they do. They're the geniuses, both yeah. geniuses. Creative geniuses, and their voices complement each other very well. Yes. You know, they can both bring it. I mean, Bruno's the showstopper, you know, as yeah. far as that, that range. Like, I wish I had a shred of that man's vocal <laughs> talent. It, it, it's unreal. But, like, Anderson Pac, you know, I think – is so under the radar to a lot of people as the just absolute musical genius he that he is. is. Producer, yeah. writer, singer, yeah. rapper. Multi-instrumentalist. Like, I had gotten into him before Silk Sonic, just a little bit before 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he did uh, Come Come Home with Andre. Yeah, and yeah. diving into that, I'm like, I've been sleeping on this guy. Like, I had heard his name, heard his name, heard his name. And I'm like... Oh wow, I've really been sleeping on this yeah. dude. Like, he is incredible. My then, introduction to Anderson Park was Malibu. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Malibu and then Dre Dr. Dre album Compton. He yeah, he was like pretty much all over that album. Um and yeah, yeah. And then I was start listening to him with Kendrick mm-hmm. and all that, all this other like earlier stuff before Malibu. Yeah. That I didn't know existed. And yeah. I was like, this guy's yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, but that's the thing. It doesn't matter where you come in because you can always go back and enjoy exactly. You know what came before, and you can look forward to what's what's to come from an mm-hmm. artist. You know, like everybody's got their entry point. Yeah. You know, I think of my favorite band on earth is Our Lady Peace. I came in when they uh, released Gravity, which was probably their most commercial album, mm. most commercially successful in the U.S. because they're from Canada. Wow. That song somewhere out there drops when I'm a freshman in high school, and I'm like, oh, I like this, but then like. You listen to the back catalog, and it's a lot weirder than that mm. album. But it's like I dig it. I'm like, wow, I, w- I, I wish I didn't miss out on this when it was yeah. a thing. But like, you're able to go back and enjoy it. So you think that the consistency of an artist creates that mass, mass sound, like the, for the masses, like that sound. Like you say, it was making weird stuff from the beginning, yeah. and then the, the masses finally caught up. Right to their sound, yeah. On Gravity, well, well, I think I think on Gravity the sound had changed so much because mm. like they were post grunge, but like an experimental. Rain made his vocals were very much, and I mean this in a good way, like all over the place in a way like where he was able to just like go from falsetto to chest, falsetto mm. to chest, and he utilized that Ooh, like wow. all over those first three, four albums, the Spiritual Machines album, which is Spiritual Machines Part One now because they came out with Part Two earlier oh, this nice. year was right before Gravity. And that, I think, is like, you know, the finest, one of their best albums and certainly the best of that era to me because that's where, like, the commercial direction they were about to go in and the experimentation from their previous mm-hmm. records, like, came into this, like, perfect melting oh, pot on Spiritual Machines. The song If You Believe on that album, one of the best rock songs of all time. Really? I, don't, I don't care who you are. It's incredible. So underrated. I'm mad they never play it live. But that's yeah. <laughs> that's one day, one day we'll hear it live again. But like, and but from there, like that's another band. Like you know, they they went that you know more commercial route on Gravity, mm-hmm. and then from there started to have this sense of experimentation creep back in their music all the way up to Spiritual Machines too now, mm-hmm. which has like a lot of like dance rock elements. To yeah, it, you know, like a little bit of Franz Ferdinand sensibility. More, more, more programmed yeah, like tracks yeah. and that kind of thing, but like it's still them. It's still what it is is it's an update of Spiritual Machines One, which is based off the Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil. Uh, and so, like, Ray, book? yeah. So uh. Ray Kurzweil made a whole bunch of predictions in the late '90s about like where we were heading with technology, AI. Eighty-six mm-hmm. percent of his predictions in that book 
were correct to within one year. And that what? so, and he does voiceovers on both of the albums. So that's how he starts Spiritual Machines too. The Age of Spiritual Machines had 147 predictions. 86% were corrected within one year. And then it just Whoa. drops into stop making stupid people famous. And now I have to dive into that like after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now like he's got a whole bunch of like predictions about universal basic income, you know, the Turing test, mm. like all these things that are, you know, it, it's a more optimistic album on part two than part one about technology because it seems like the band has accepted like that technology yeah. is like a part of the picture going yes, forward yes. where I think there was a little more like debate about it on, on yeah, part one. Sure. And now the, yeah, it reflects in how the band carries themselves now because now they're, they're into the crypto web three stuff, Beautiful. you know, NFTs. Uh, so they're ahead of the game. Yeah. They're on discord and it's like, it's leading to, I think a bit of a resurgence for them yeah. in terms of public consciousness yeah. because they're getting in on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, instead of using it as a hindrance, they're using it as an actual propel system. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you could, you can complain about things are changing and I can't keep up. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I get in a bad habit of that. I still haven't really adopted TikTok. <laughs> you know, but or yeah. you can realize this is where things are going, so I better go with it. Yes, you or know? be ahead of the curve. Like, or it's like the gold mines. Like when people, like the gold rush, when people is rushing to get the gold mines. Like, be the guy with the picks and axe. You know, so when it's time to, for the gold rush, you already like already ahead of the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I was like, felt like that in 2019 when I minted my first NFT. Mm -hmm. by myself and I didn't nobody knew what the NFT was in, in, in my city mm -hmm. or I didn't know anybody who knew it but like a couple people and I was like okay let me mint my own NFT like I heard I heard about this web 3 did my research because I'm a geek and I'm like I google everything and YouTube everything and research everything uh, and I'm like what is web 3 what does it do and how does it reflect the music how does it going to impact music so I'm like two years ahead, three years ahead before like everybody started posting about NFTs and mm -hmm. scamming and whatever they was doing with NFTs. Now it's becoming like a platform where I'm involved with people on Twitter about NFTs. Like I got a homie in LA, shout out to Mr. B. He's into like NFTs and creating a platform for artists to merge with NFTs and Web3 and mm -hmm. be ahead of the curve instead of like, I'm just doing streams. Right. But streams is not going to pay the bills and streams is not going to make that like, artist direct artist uh fan connection like an nft when you can like get people involved in your movement mm -hmm. get and people, that's exactly what it know, is and actually get yeah. paid as an artist for your art and you can collaborate with other artists and bridge that gap between artistry and, and music yeah which is missing like a little bit but and, now it's coming back and maintain ownership but also give your community something to hold on to as well yes and that's the thing it's like the community, community yeah building community that's the point of web 3 web that's 2 cool. is like Here's all my stuff. Go follow. Go yeah. like. Go share. You know, Web three is like okay. Like here's why you want to be a part of this yes. community, giving them a sense of ownership. And you know, there's always going to be resistance to these of new course. trends, right? Recorded music itself was resisted by some of the greats of that era. Mm. John Philip Sousa was dead set against recorded music. He thought it was going to kill the art of being a professional musician. Wow. Like, there were some wild things about recorded music. <laughs> I didn't know that. Back when they were first able to capture yeah. like, and, and record music, that, like, live musicians were shaking in their boots and protesting it left and right because they thought, well, there's no point in going to hear live music if you could just record it well. You can record it and sell it, and then go on tour and come on. Look life. what they're doing now, you know, Metallica. Look, look how many tickets they sell in a show. Yeah, Taylor Swift. You yeah. know, and now you see the how wrong he was. You yeah, know? 
But it, it's amazing, like, how wow. people will resist things and just immediately jump to, it's a scam. Pessimistic type it, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, and, like, you could tell, you know, you could tell who's going to get left behind yes. <laughs> by, yes. by their outlook on and that. And there's a lot of people who still think NFTs is a scam and Web3 is a scam only because they haven't did the research. Right. Like, you fear what you don't understand. Yeah. And I talk to the young people mm -hmm. who think it's a scam. Right. And I talk to older people who uh -huh. think it's a scam. So I'm like, it's, we're in that shift right now mm -hmm. where we're about to enter a whole nother world of awakening, about to end up into a whole nother world of technology and into a whole nother world of community mm -hmm. and ecosystem and environment. Like, okay, what are we doing for the earth? How does the NFTs and technology benefit the earth? How does the technology benefit the people who's involved and the community is involved, like the fans with the artists, peer to peer. Yeah, and you know it gives us the power back. Yes, because the systems that have been in place for so long, yep. have not given us any power, no, as all. we know. And I, you know, I mean, I think in general, the 2020s have gotten off to a rough start, yes. you know, societally. But I think we're going to look back on this decade as the change that we needed. Mm -hmm. All said and done, you yeah. know, decades from now. We was doing too much. We had to set our asses down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. We was, literally, as humans, we was doing way too much. Yeah. Like, that was the time that, like, the earth is changing. We're changing because we are a result of the earth. Mm -hmm. And we're organic, just like the earth is organic and we're part of the earth. And we, So I feel like the earth is changing. Technology is changing. We're changing. Regardless if we know it or not, we want it or not, and it's inevitable. So it's like, go with the current or be crushed by the wave. Exactly. Exactly. I love the way you put that. And I feel like, you know, it, any period of prosperity is going to come from a period of struggle, you know, mm -hmm. and 2020, 2021, 22 to, to a degree between the war. pandemic, the social unrest, the war, all this stuff, yeah. like... You know, it's building us up to find a better way. Yes. Yeah. You know, and again, you don't grow without first going through some challenges, mm -hmm. right? You know, if everything's just easy, you know, yeah. crashes tend to happen after things are easy. You yeah. think of the Roaring Twenties, and then the stock market crashes, yeah. and we go into the Great Depression. Facts. Because the Roaring Twenties, everybody was just living it up, you know, the flapper culture, you, you know. You throw anything at the wall, any idea, it sticks. Yeah. It's successful. But now it's going to that time where you have to be really creative and innovative. You yeah. can't just throw anything at the wall now. Yeah. We're, we're setting society up for what the next 50 years of society is going to be. Come on. You know, and we have that opportunity now through technology to connect with more people than ever, to build community yeah. better than ever, to share messages better than mm -hmm. ever. Now is the time to be an independent creative. Yeah. This is kind of off topic, but on topic, I heard through the grapevine they're writing another Bible. For really? After COVID, AC, BC. Really? After COVID. Because think about it, if you think about it, we're entering into a whole nother, really a whole nother era. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the era before that, before COVID, it looked totally different than now. Just like 9-11. When 9-11 happened, the whole culture changed mm -hmm. worldwide. Yeah. So you think about that impact and you think about a COVID impact. Mm. It's literally shut the whole world down. Yeah. So it's like a new era, a new chapter mm -hmm. in a human history. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what well, the Bible's already written. This is you gotta start recording new stuff for the next hundred years of people or mm -hmm. the next thousand years of, you know, the next centuries, you know, mm -hmm. to come for the their their kids, our kids, you know, yeah. future. Like what is that gonna look like? How are we gonna tell this story? Not through media. Like uh, news, mm -hmm. you want to tell it through a book, right? Through an account of what through happened. An account of what happened, yeah. the documentation of it. Right, right. 
And it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that account <laughs> changes over yeah. time, just yeah. like the Bible in its certain phases has changed <laughs> over time. Kanye West is going to be Jesus in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus said to his disciples. <laughs> Sunday service. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just becomes one giant game of telephone after a while, honestly. But true, like, true. But it was such a moment in time, mm -hmm. you know, COVID, like when else can we think in human history where we've been this, you know, much of a global community and the entire world wow. shut down. Wow. There's no other time in human history where that happened. No, and it just boosted social media mm -hmm. and internet connection. Yeah. More. It made the world smaller. Mm -hmm. Like it like zoomed in like swoop. Absolutely. You know, and you and you can connect you actually was connecting to people more so online yeah. than ever before. Zoom got mm -hmm. bigger, I'm sure their stocks went up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Facebook Live uh -huh. went up, mm -hmm. sure their stocks went up, Instagram Live, TikTok blew up. It made, like, it During was the pandemic, TikTok perfect blew up. timing. Yeah. TikTok was introduced damn near through the pandemic. Yeah. Like it blew up mm -hmm. immensely. YouTube. Yeah. Visual content mm -hmm. became more popular. Yeah. So for artists, that was like I got all these videos in my art, in my hard drive. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect time to drop because everybody's looking at their phones. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like create what you can create and get it yes. out there in the world. Like I remember when things first shut down, like those first couple months, we started getting so many more submissions at UMC because people didn't have anything else to do but mm. record and release music. Right. They couldn't go out and play shows. Nope. You know, they were, most people weren't seeing their families or yeah. friends or whatever. It's like they're holed up. They're just going to record, even if they're just recording demos. Like, we got so many more submissions because wow. people just started creating. I think another thing this all did, though, was like, yeah, it made the world smaller, but it also, I mean, at least for me, made me appreciate the opportunity for in-person connection more. Yeah, you know, yeah, me too. It, it's the pandemic plus the fact that I'm getting older and therefore everyone in my life is getting older. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to make the most of it, you know, yeah. but, you know, the, the fact that we didn't have that for so long, you know, and all of us at one point or another, I'm sure we're sitting home like, so when am I ever going to see this person again yeah, or that person again? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like you have those moments, especially as everything was breaking down in the beginning mm -hmm. and like everything's shutting down and it's like, don't leave your house, shelter in place. It's like, how long is this going to go on for? <laughs> yeah. You know, so like now the opportunity, and I think we're seeing this in the live music scene in particular, everybody now in 2022 is out playing shows. Yeah. 2021, people were easing back in. I think a lot of people are still hesitant to go out and be among people like yeah. that. But now I can tell you trying to book shows right now. Like I'm looking at 2023 at this point. For you me. got to man. I'm not, I'm not even got to. like, we might do one or two more things here in 22, but I really want to reload for 23 yeah. and really set that off. Right. Because trying to get dates like, Oh, I might have a random Tuesday for you. It's like, but it's a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, you're not going to bring people <laughs> no, out. Like, no, no. You, you know, on a Friday or Saturday, you might get lucky. But. Yeah. Speaking to that, I, I do appreciate the connection of shows now. Yeah, like how to connect with people through shows, like because it was like trying to come up with live shows on my phone was not the same mm -hmm. as trying to come up with a live show set for an audience, a yeah. live audience. Yeah, and I miss like venues. I miss performing at a at a like rapid rate because I was like, wow, I want to perform these songs, mm -hmm. but I have no venue to perform them at because the venue was like. You have to have your vaccine card. Right. I had people that was fans didn't believe in vaccine mm -hmm. card. It was just a whole debate. Like, yeah. should I get the Pfizer? Pfizer? Should I get the Johnson and Johnson? Right. Should I not get a vaccine? Should I get a vaccine? So it was like, uh, you know, how do you throw a show if you got half your fan base is like, 
Nah, we don't believe in that. Yeah. We're not gonna do that. We, it's uh-huh. mandatory. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Uh-huh. So you had to find venues who yeah. didn't do it, and I was like, my main venue was like, no, nah, we had to do COVID vaccines. Yeah, and so I missed the connection of like the shows yeah. and how it felt to do shows. So that's why I was grateful for like last night. Yeah, yeah. but but you'd have like you know half the people wouldn't go because they were requiring vaccines, and then the other half wouldn't go to venues that were not requiring exactly. vaccines. Exactly, you were never getting your full crowd out. <laughs> no, no matter what, and it was, it was and it was so contentious you know mm. for for a while there to where it's like you know you you really don't know how to handle it you don't know what to communicate it's just like do what you feel is best for you you mm. know like as a promoter it's yeah. just like we worked with venues requiring we worked with venues not requiring the one you know when we would post like hey uh on instagram like hey you know bring your vax card yeah we're working with a venue that's requiring it you would see these people coming out of the woodwork who had never even heard of Nash Live, never been to one of our shows, nice. whatever, like coming out and just like ripping into us in the comment sections. We're going to make you go broke. No, no, no. Wow. It's just like, how are you going to make me go broke? You didn't buy a ticket anyway and you weren't <laughs> going to, you know, and it's yeah. just like you, you just you just have to like it was so tricky to navigate that whole time as a promoter because it's like. Half the places are requiring, half the places aren't. We want good relationships with all these venues. That's... Like, so we're just going to defer to the venue. Yeah. You know, like that was our thing. It's just like, okay, like there were certain places, you know, I don't think they'd mind me saying this, like Cobra wasn't requiring. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, you know, we just omit it from the flyers because yeah. they're not requiring. Nobody asks any questions, then, you I'm know. So sure they racked up too, that, that, that era, you yeah. know, because, you know, mm-hmm. that was like one of the only ones, not on the east side too. Right. Not throwing, uh, uh, but not accept, you know, uh, requiring vaccine cards. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you just like, you just, you just go with what the venue is. Yeah, you know, if if they're requiring it, you just put it on the put it on the flyer. If people ask questions, you tell them the truth, which is they're requiring it. Yeah, and you know, people can make the choice from there. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I had to deal with that too. Like, cause I promoted, my, I was doing hill hop shows. Yeah, for like once a month at mm-hmm. the East Room. Yeah. And then we came to that pause where it was like, all right, requirement, vaccine requirements. And it was that one time I was like, I'm sure they'd be, I'm sure they'd be all right. I'm sure they'd be cordial with it. And mm-hmm. that was like, no, no can do. Came and do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to set the, you know, I don't want to rub them the wrong way. Right. I respect their policies. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had to, you know, navigate that. But, yeah. you know, it all turned out to be for the best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's all about respecting the policies, you know, it's, at the end of the day, there are, you're working in a community with a lot of other people who yeah. have varying viewpoints on things mm-hmm. and varying policies on how they handle things. Yeah, it's all like mostly all politics too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like you mm-hmm. know how we navigate the city and stuff like that. It's mostly politics. Yeah, you just be a good citizen. Yeah, be a it. good citizen and do what you need to do to build community. You nice. know, and and push your platform forward so you can build more community mm-hmm. with that platform. I mean, and that means reaching out and reaching across aisles to different people and bringing them together across aisles, man, you said it, you know, and I feel like, especially in 2020, that was a very challenging thing for a lot of us to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, with, with all the unrest in the world, you know, with COVID, with all the social justice Mm. issues that were arising, like it was so hard to keep that in mind that like, Hey, we're better working together, even though, you know, half of society wants to tear each other apart oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. We're always better working together. Exactly. You know, and it's just, I feel like, you know, now in 2022, things have kind of leveled off. Yeah. It's not as, 
you know, it's not as hot button and polarizing in the media, or maybe just fewer people are paying attention to the mainstream media, yeah. which I think is a fantastic thing yeah, if that's right, the case. Right, right. Uh, I haven't been, I haven't watched the news since. I've never really watched the news, but I've <laughs> Same. I've made a conscious effort not to watch yeah, the news for too. like the past decade. You know, I I got that uh, that perspective from watching my grandparents watch the news and how fearful they became. Oh yeah, watching the news and how I mean, some things on the news you need to know. Like if you got a serial killer next door, you yeah. need to know that stuff. But right. I feel like that information would get to me somehow, some way, right. without watching a, a tube. Yeah, it tells me like be fear mongered, like yeah. to be fear mongered. But uh. Yeah, just watching them being so cautious about every single thing. And I'm like, some of these things, you really have to test it out yourself in reality and in the public and uh, in society. Mm -hmm. You can't just be trusting a talking head, which is saying the same thing these other talking heads are doing from these other news channels. Mm -hmm. And something, you know, news is great when it comes to like, you know, what's going on in your community, you know, your voting and stuff like that. But some of the other things, like, you know, world news is kind of like propaganda, mm -hmm. propagandized. So it's like yeah. we don't get the full truth. We get it filtered mm -hmm. up through a bunch of filters. And by the time it gets to us, it's like, be scared. Be yeah. fearful of this. Be fearful of your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like we don't talk to neighbors. That's one of the reasons yeah. we don't talk to our neighbors, our community. Mm -hmm. When you said reach across the aisle, that mm -hmm. hit me because that's what we learned to do in COVID. But that's what we need to start exercising and practicing, like reaching across the aisle for connection. Yeah. I And I think... Going outside, talking to people is very mm -hmm. helpful. Minimizing the negative, the fear mongering mm -hmm. in your life, you know, and like, I'm not going to lie. I, especially in 2020, I unfollowed a lot of people on yeah. social media who were just constant, constant, constant yeah. pumping this fear, pumping this conspiracy stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's not mentally healthy. No, it's not spiritually healthy to no. continue to consume that kind of content. It's a diet, like your brain, your mental, you have a mental diet, a physical diet, a spiritual diet. Yeah. And even a visual diet mm -hmm. and an audio diet as well when it comes to music. So I make sure I'm aware of all those diets that I yeah. get, or I call it livets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not diet, because I'm not dying, but a livet, where you like, okay, the music I listen to, is it good for me? Right. The, the visuals, where I'm accepting every day. Like Instagram, I unfollow a lot of people, too, because I wanted a certain type of timeline mm -hmm. that feeds me. It feeds my mental. Yeah. My, uh, feeds my spiritual. Yeah. They, you know, puts me on like new techniques how to meditate. Mm -hmm. New techniques on how to uh, breathe better. Yeah. You know, this uh, how to cook better, how mm -hmm. to be more, you know, healthy. You're creating your environment. You're creating my env our environment. Yeah. yeah basically, yeah. my and I, I want my palate to be a certain way. Yeah. You know. And it, visual diet's increasingly important with the nature of the internet, web, yeah. social media, and like. The one thing I've never understood, like sometimes it'll be like graphic video. Why would you ever click that to watch it? <laughs> it's just, not going to be something that makes you feel good. Asking for it. Yeah, asking like for you're it. asking for it. Like, hey, this person got trampled. Like, here's the video. Like, why? No. First of all, why Why are, is any news network putting that out? Why is yeah. any person pulling out their smartphone to record it? Yeah. And then why do people go click on that? Like, I don't understand. But that's besides the point. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's important to create your environment because your environment's one of the factors of success, Facts. right? And your environment is everything around you. It's not just what's in the room, but it's what's on the technological platforms mm. that you choose to employ in your everyday life, whether that's business or personal. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's following a lot of artists, following a lot of the podcasts, you know, that I listen to, mm -hmm. which are all in this vein of mm -hmm. actual conversations mm -hmm. about society and how we can do it better. You know, like, 
there's none of this negative stuff. Like even my sister would watch the news every night back, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And she's like, I stopped watching the news. Mm. She's like, I can't take it anymore. But when she would, and I'd be over their house. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, and I'd be like, well, why don't you shut it off? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, she listened to me. <laughs> Love you, yeah. Joel. <laughs> yeah, because you're crazy. Anxiety. You start to feel like, why I got so much anxiety lately? Yeah. You'd be like, why do I have so much like, like fear? Yeah. Why am I so like being like, you know, uh, sensitive to my, you know, cer to certain things? Yeah. Because you're training your brain mm -hmm. to be anxious. Yeah. You're training your brain to be more feared. Yeah. You know, or mm -hmm. more doubtful about yourself. Yeah. Uh, so when you feel these things, it's like, uh, and I lost my phone. What happened? Mm -hmm. I lost my phone like maybe two months back mm -hmm. for like a uh, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it actually broke. <laughs> my bad. I I ran over. Something might happen to like something some crazy uh, weird. Uh, thing and then I didn't have a phone for like two weeks, mm -hmm. so I couldn't be on social media like that. Yeah, I couldn't get you know re reach the people on social media, or whatever. I couldn't look at my timeline, so that kind of helped me. Yeah, reprogram my brain mm -hmm. to meditate in the morning. Yeah, have a regiment, a ritual when I wake up. Yeah, you know, positive affirmations and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing what disconnection will do for you. Mm. You know, I had a chance to do that. Um, you know, up north, I, I went back. I went back home August like beginning a month, of September. Right? Yeah, I was up there for a month, and the like. The tail end of that trip was the beach. Yeah, and it's like, I it's the Cape May caper. Every year we do it. We go. We rent a house, and it's just four days of just nonstop just debauchery. But <laughs> I make a point like these four days, I am not working. I like mm. unless there is an absolute emergency with a client, I am not doing anything. Yeah. I, I let everyone know like. This is the four days I get here at the beach. Like, respectfully, leave me alone. And <laughs> I like that and just being by the ocean, being among all these old friends, like, and some newer friends too. Like, it just resets you, you mm. know, to like strip away all this noise out here and like just get in touch with that good energy, mm -hmm. get in touch with yourself again. You yeah. Know? You know, Aside from all of this, no, you know, right, like right. aside from the bright lights and the, you know, the, the hustle, 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 like there's a person at the core there that needs some tending to once mm. in a while. And an experience like Come that on. does it. And that's something this year, like I've become a major proponent of protecting your energy, yeah. you know, not just from the news cycle, but boundaries, boundaries, yeah, create boundaries, setting yeah. boundaries. I'm learning that too. This like this past two years. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like not letting certain energies in the door mm -hmm. to a degree. Like you're there's all you're always going to have interactions, you know, that aren't ideal. Mm -hmm. Right. But like minimizing those and understanding where they're coming from. And sometimes you got to limit your exposure to certain people. Sometimes you got to cut certain people off. Yes. You know, you don't want to have to do that. But like you got to you got to protect your energy to show up the best for yourself. So then you can go show up for everything on, that your sphere of influence within your sphere of influence, mm -hmm. you know, because there have definitely been times where like I'd let that bad energy in and it was a negatively affecting the platform, how I showed up for the platform, how I showed mm -hmm. up for myself. And like, it's remarkable because I really like did a lot of spring cleaning this <laughs> year. Once I did that, how much has changed for umc how much has changed for the show like we were just at the listening room with nash live like there's been so much more opportunity yeah. and it comes from cutting out that bad energy yes and once you do that like you don't it's hard to do because like you want to be a loyal person in some aspects yeah, yeah. you know but it's like 
sometimes you just get to a point where you've got to do what's best for you. You got to level up, you know, whether that's a relationship, family, what business relationship, like sometimes you just got to realize like it's hurting more than it's helping, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, I think there's another time, another thing that this whole time period has taught us here is like protect your energy and understand what you're letting in, whether, you know, it's another person or, you know, just media or Mm -hmm. whatever. And, filter it mm-hmm. filter it like we live in this world of excess you know I, I was i was saying for years like we don't know how to handle all this technology i think we're starting <laughs> to get a grip on it though a little bit like as a human race a little bit yeah yeah because we're still using it for bad eating mm-hmm. like more so than good and um but i do want to go back to like yeah self-respect i think i think like you said protecting your energy comes from like self care mm-hmm. self-love because yeah. you respect yourself more so therefore you're more aware of what's around you and what mm-hmm. you take in yeah you know when you you know when you care for yourself i do self-care days like mm-hmm. once a week yeah i don't care what's going on get, get a pedicure manicure massage whatever it is mm-hmm. listen to music go grounding go to a cabin mm-hmm. whatever i have to do i do yeah. a self-care day that way i'm not like trapped in this matrix and not realizing who i am no more or i'm protecting my energy as you say yeah. Um, and I find out more about myself too mm-hmm. in that process. Yeah. Um, and that's helping me become a better person to my family. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not a, be- a good person to you, how are you gonna be? How are you gonna show up for your family members, your friends, mm-hmm. your platform, your brand, your music, whatever you're working on? How are you gonna show up? Yeah. At their full potential if you're not like exercising self care, right? Self love, yeah. self protection. And I think a lot of it comes down to you kind of know intrinsically what's right. Yeah. That's you know, intuition. And like mm. understanding how to listen to your intuition mm. is very powerful. And it takes time and it takes practice. Like this whole idea of intuition to me, we, right before I moved to Nashville, I started, you know, finally realizing like, oh, maybe I should listen to that. Maybe mm. this stuff people say about intuition is not BS and I should listen to it, <laughs> you know, and like you learn to fine tune mm. your connection with your own intuition. And as you do that, you start realizing what's right for you more quickly. You start mm. realizing what's not right for you more quickly. Really and you can easy. make better decisions mm-hmm. and find more opportunities in life in general that are aligned with you and who you are. And it. it's all about, it's all about coming into better alignment. I saw somebody I follow on Instagram. I forget who posted something yesterday to their story. Like if you lose something by speaking your truth, you're not losing anything. You're just becoming more aligned. Come on, you're gaining more. So yeah, yeah you're gaining yourself. And that's the <laughs> addition by subtraction is a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. And like again, you know, Ooh, addition by subtraction. I like that. But we recovering people pleasers, like yeah, you know, we don't. We we feel bad by yeah. subtracting. We feel yeah. bad for the other person, no matter how they're treating us. Uh-huh. You know, we feel bad for leaving a situation, no matter how it's not working for us. Come on, man. And Let's talk about it. You have to get past that. Like you have to learn what good selfish is. Mm-hmm. And you, there is a difference between good selfish and bad selfish. Good selfish is preserving yourself, showing care for yourself so that you can show up mm-hmm. and pour from a cup with something in it. Come on, man. Talk about it. Cause that's what was my main problem. Like the last three years is like pouring into somebody else's cup and my cup be like almost empty. 
And then it's like, I'm an empath too. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to attract narcissistic people like, okay. <laughs> <It's literally, laughs> Don't I know it. Don't I know it's it. It's easy, like, it's a story of my life. So I was like, okay, I could track. But I'm, I'm thinking these people are good for me. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking these people are like, my ride or dies. Like, the people like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the loved ones, you know, and I still love them, but I love them from a distance now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's more like, I got to let you go with love. Because mm. it's not good for me. You're not good for me. Yeah. I'm empty. I'm drained every day mm-hmm. because I have to fill your cup. Right. And I'm not getting that same reciprocation. So and how they respond to that is how they respond to it. Yeah. You know, because we it. can internalize the response too. Yep. You know, but like it's up to them to choose how they, you know, how they take it. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with narcissistic people, chances are they're not going to take it well. At all. But that <laughs> at all. But that's not on you. No, that's not on you. You know? Yeah. And you can't be uh, you can't go from the because think about narcissistic people that they think they're victims mm-hmm. and really they're the person who's victimizing you yeah every time every day every time of the moment especially if you're an empath because you're naturally attracted to attracting these people because they see a a, a hack on you mm-hmm. basically they see some way they they can like control have control yes and that's what the whole premise is is like uh the relationship is based on like you know controller and victim you know mm-hmm. what person. can you give me what and once you, you stop me? giving what then I'm done with you. And yeah, that's when they, the discord they, happens. They, they literally live off the energy you provide. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like a parasite. And, and once that energy changes, once you challenge them, yeah. It's over. It's over. Your their perception of you is forever changed, maybe ruined. Yep. And the relationship is forever changed, yep. maybe ruined, until you decide to put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing is like I've dealt with this, you know, with relatives. I've dealt with this in perspective relationships where it's been like okay like i am setting a boundary now (laughs) and then i'm public enemy number freaking one (laughs) and it's like all right and like the thing is being empathic people we then start to think maybe i'm the narcissist yeah maybe maybe i am the that's the goal for the narcissist that make you Uh think you're the narcissist yeah yeah yeah. just to get you weak yeah to get you weak weak. and i think the creating the boundaries i know that's what i learned as i get older it's creating no boundaries early Mm -hmm. like almost like the first two three dates uh-huh. If I'm doing a relationship or the first, if I just if new friends mm-hmm. or whatever, create those boundaries early on. That way it's no discussions, no line across. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's lines across. That way it's like, oh, you can't, you can't do that without my consent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you know exactly where I stand with that. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, you know you're disrespecting me. Yeah. So you know, and I know we have that understanding or understanding yeah. that if you do this across this line, then you know exactly what you're doing and I know exactly what you're doing. Right. And I think too, like being intentional in your relationships yeah. goes such a long way instead of just kind of like letting things slide. <laughs> yeah, flow, like what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Or, you know, where, where is this going? Like being intentional, like, Hey, I'm into this. Are you into this? Like <laughs> right off the bat, like, yeah, you know, yeah. don't, don't three months later. Yeah. Three months later. Like don't give narcissists a chance to play games. Cause they're going to play games. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, that's what they do. Yeah. And, and then they'll spin it on you. But exactly. like, and again, you know, that's not just romantic relationships. It's family, family, you know, it's like, man, set your boundaries, you know, uh, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause you let them disrespect like a bully. The bully kicks your ass one day. He's definitely gonna kick your ass the next day, mm-hmm. and the day after that, and the day after that until you kick his. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and create them boundaries. Like, no, you can't do this. Yeah, every day you can't do this. Yeah. No, no more. What you allow is what will continue. Come on, man. Come on, you're soaking like a true monk. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of research specifically on this area of my life because I want to stop running into those types mm, of people. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what am I? But you have to look at that. It's like, what am I doing to attract this energy? Come on, and. 
stop doing the things that are attracting the energy. Like there's an accountability we all have to take mm. for what comes into our lives, mm -hmm. you know? And I think like certainly over the past year, two years, like that's been something that's like, Oh, well, this is my responsibility to figure out how to get better from here, how to mm. take this information and do better. So the things I didn't like don't happen again. And yes. so the things that I do like happen more often. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you write, it's like, I gotta be almost like, uh, like, like I believe in like, I don't know you heard of Joe Dispenza, but mm -hmm. he talks about, uh, programming yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I program myself the morning I wake up, as soon as my eyes see the sunlight, maybe when my eyes are closed, but when my eyes see the sunlight, I'm like always saying like positive affirmations. Like I like myself. Today, I expect the best outcome. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't program yourself early on, the world will program you yeah. due to a billboard, news, IG, mm -hmm. Facebook, TikTok, your friends. Yeah. You know, so you have to set yourself. Like, I spend the first hour of the day by myself. Yeah. With myself. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, fine-tune your intuition so you know exactly what to do next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having those dialogues yes. with yourself. Like giving yourself the positive affirmations, but when there's something that needs correcting, mm -hmm. like doing it gently, yeah. not coming down too hard on exactly. yourself. Exactly. You can't, man. And discipline. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. My own podcast, Black Blood uh, Voices podcast with uh, Joffy Judah, uh, my co-host, Big Six, the big speaker. And we talk about discipline as our theme for the season mm -hmm. of our podcast. This is like basically talking about it's different disciplines, right? Everybody has a different discipline. Bruce Lee has a different discipline than mm -hmm. uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know what I'm saying? Bar Marley has a different discipline than uh, Kobe. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like everybody has their own disciplines, but when you discipline yourself, you become more of yourself. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's this can't slide no more. Mm -hmm. Even for yourself, like mm -hmm. I can't eat that type of food no more. Right. Or I can't listen to that type of music or I can't. Uh, be in this type of crowd no more or with these people no more. Mm -hmm. I have different discipline. Yeah, yeah. And you have to define what that means yes. to you. you yes, yes. Uh, it's interesting that you, you mentioned, like, listening to a certain type of music because, like, I'm going to be honest, and I don't, I don't want to throw shade, but, like, when The weekend dropped his most – Dawn FM, yeah. I loved it because it was in the winter. And, like, but there's yeah. a lot of songs on there that are really, like, self-deprecating, like, coming from a place of, like – the protagonist in a place of extremely low yeah, self-worth. Yeah. And like, I, I was resonating a lot with that. I was, as I was navigating. Same. Certain, I listened to the album too, with the same perspective, you yeah. know? And now it's like half the songs. It's like, Oh, this is such a good song, but I can't do it anymore. Cause he's just feeling sorry for himself. <laughs> but then there's songs like take my breath, which is like, it's a banger love and I don't it, care. Lesson zero. I just think has that really cool, like eighties new wave sensibility. Uh -huh. And I love it, even though it is probably one of the most glaring examples of that subject matter on the album like it's an incredible album but it's like my relationship with it has changed as mm. my relationship with myself has changed throughout the year and i still love it i still think it's genius jim carrey's voiceover work is magnificent on that album i didn't realize i mean as i listen to jim carrey i don't even realize it's jim carrey because he sounds so different than jim yeah. carrey yeah but it sounds like okay yeah duh jim carrey can do this voiceover yeah easily yeah but it's just and i just watched the mask like uh a day ago mm -hmm. so i was like going through his archives but yeah, it's like he's super creative. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the whole album is like, if you if you were changing yourself, and then you listen to this music, and you was like, oh, I've grown. Mm -hmm. You realize how much you've grown mm -hmm. when you listen to older music you used to listen to at a different level you was yeah. at. You know. Yeah. Like 
the the song how do i make you love me yeah it's just like oh like at the beginning of the year it's like i've been there i've been there i've been there and now i'm like come on man like don't worry about making her love you love yourself come on <laughs> you mature come on you matured out here i uh, yeah i love I, I love the growth i love the growth and yeah. like that's but yeah like embrace it yeah but back to the other point it's like you have to define what that growth means mm. you know what it means to you and it's something different for like life is not one size fits all mm. the te the techniques the tactics that you use to better yourself are gonna vary from somebody else's nice. and there's no right or wrong nope you know and it's like everything yeah and like i've you know i've been in situations where like somebody although well-meaning is trying to push me really hard in this mm. one direction and i just know it's not for me yeah and now it's like that's another thing is being able to identify that like what's for you and what's not for you yeah like that might work for you that doesn't work for me, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I respect the difference, you know, as you know, let's respect each other's differences, but it's like, you got to do what's congruent with your values. And just, again, going back to intuition, mm -hmm. what feels right. Yeah. What feels right. And you, like you said, the intuition part, like that's why I've been diving into more with the grounding. When I wake up, go grounding, go take your shoes off, put your feet in the grass, be connected with the earth, but the earth and nature will, reveal your true self. That's what you are. You are part of humans are nature. That's why it's called human nature. So we can't forget we're, na we're natural beings. We're organic beings. We're yeah. not just the shoes, the computers, uh, you know, in the fashion, mm -hmm. you know, we're more than that. We're like part of literally part of the earth. So, you know, it's good to connect with mother earth, you know, and get in tune with yourself and figure out who am I? Why do I do this? If a thought pops up a fear, Cause I know it's hard for a lot of people to meditate. Yeah. Cause they got so much going on in their brain mm -hmm. and it ain't that you ADHD is just, you have to deal with those thoughts and it's literally called a train of thought because you're on a track of thoughts, but let one thought slide through like a subway train. It stops. Then it keeps going. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with that fear or you deal with that thought, you deal with that deal uh, that doubt and you keep moving on to the next thought until yeah. you're just, your mind's actually peaceful and silent and you're actually with God present. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, the connecting with the earth thing is very powerful. This is why I think you would appreciate my annual Cape May pilgrimage in okay. Jersey because okay. at the end, of, after the four days of debauchery, <laughs> we go to Cape May point state park, which is the very Southern tip of New Jersey and the sand there. So it's an old like naval base. Like there's landmines in the ocean. You're not supposed to swim in it, but what? <laughs> the, because you can't swim in it, the beach doesn't get as populated during the day as like some of the other beaches in the yeah. area. So the sand is like this really coarse, like it will, your feet will come out of there feeling super, the softest they'll feel all year. I'm walking going to, on that I'm sand. going to, what's that called? Cape, Cape May. Cape, Cape May. May. Yeah. You should come next year. Yeah, you should come next I'll year. Come right you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great time. You'll love it. I bet. But like, so part of the, this, this whole thing started because me and my buddy were bored and we drove all the way down from northern New Jersey all the way to Cape May. Yeah. Got out of the car, took a deep breath, and then went home. <laughs> 16, this was the 16th annual now. It's become this entire weekend. Wow. And it always ends at Cape May Point. And a few years ago, part of it became like, go, stand, feed in the ocean, buried under the sand, and set an intention for the next year. Ooh. It's every si and it like it's just like this absolute like checkpoint of the year for me now this moment yeah. of recalibration and it's just like you there's nothing else but the ocean and like you're just thinking probably more clearly than you've thought uh. all year it's like okay what's the one thing it just kind of comes to me every mm -hmm. year you know and it's just like you know for me this year was you know i need to really appreciate the good and let things be good mm -hmm. you know because that's something that 
I struggle with. It's like, yeah. I'm always waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, okay, how's this going to get fucked up? <laughs> but it's like, I'm always that good things basically. <clears throat> yeah. But like, and let the good be good. Yeah. Don't question the good. Come on. Don't question the good. <laughs> don't question That's the a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, it might be a t-shirt. <laughs> don't question the good. I but, but like, and that's the thing. It's like, you talk about, you know, getting in touch with the earth. Like that's probably the one time a year. Like I really make the intention to do mm-hmm. that. And every single time, like it started in 2018, right before I moved, I was just like, I was just not feeling it all day. And like, I just kind of stood there and I'm like, I'm coming back here happier next year, mm. just to myself. Intentions. And that was like, and then the next year I told everyone else like, Hey, I did this last year and look, I came back happier. So we're all setting intentions mm. now. <laughs> and that's so important because LA is my thing Like mm-hmm. for that. Like Venice Beach, like doing yoga on the beach. Like I did it this year. Like went to LA with my homegirl, shout out to Cat Parks. And she's a yogi now, so she we did yoga on the beach mm-hmm. with the, and breathe like breathe with the waves. Yeah, as the waves came in crashing, we breathe, you know, inward. You know, the waves go out, we yeah. breathe out. So it was kind of like almost imitating uh, the uh, nature, nature. Yeah, which are which are own nature, and, and setting intentions. Like mm-hmm. that's the main part of like yeah. why I went out there to set intentions, like get perspective on yeah what I'm doing and where yeah. I'm at in my career, where I'm at with my life, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So, yeah. And you need that time away. You do. need that time out of the weeds. Like, do. I mean, maybe not always a month, although I do, I do want to do that every year now. Like, yeah. But yeah. because it, you know, it's just a healthy thing to do. Go fill your cup, step into another part of your life for a little Come while. On. Come on. You know, like my nieces and nephew are up there. I get to see them a few times a year, Beautiful. you know, like just simple stuff. Like even before going to the beach, like taking my niece to Barnes and Noble, taking my nephew, my friend owns a comic store. Yeah. Yeah, they love that, I'm sure. You know, like just running running around meeting people's babies because people have had babies since the yeah. pandemic. Like you <laughs> know, beautiful, man. It, it, reconnecting with all you know, all these people in different haunts and like, yeah. you know, going to work music fest, like all these things fill my cup so I can come back here and give this my all. Mm-hmm. You know, and now that's kind of like it really it reframed my perspective of like I need to do that once in a mm-hmm. while. If I take one month up there, so the the eleven I'm here are balls to the wall and they can be and like i still feel this sense of renewal from that even though we're in mid-october right now it's like it's carrying me through and it will carry you through if you go and intentionally reset and Mm -hmm. make sure you take little breaks throughout the year like it's going it's going to pay dividends because when you're Mm -hmm. in it and you're in it and you're in it you can lose sight of the vision oh exactly we were talking about that earlier this week about Basically, getting the aerial view mm-hmm. of where you at, so you know how to uh, attack it when you come back to it, yeah, and not just getting lost in like your vision. You gotta get lost in like, oh, what, what am I doing again? You know, because yeah. sometimes I get to that point, I just go so hard, oh yeah, and I burn myself out. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what was I doing again? Yeah. Where, where actually am I headed? Yeah, you get, you get so you get so fixated on one thing that you forget five other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially if, like running movements like us we do movements so mm-hmm. umc is a movement sequence is a part of that movement and it's like i got movements like heru heru hill hop uh foundation mecca brand uh the podcast black blood voices podcast different type of b4l like i got different movements so it's kind of like sometimes you get lost in just one vision mm-hmm. when the whole the vision is bigger yeah. and more uh broader yeah and sometimes you need to focus on everything Instead of focus on one thing as far as just seeing mm-hmm. the bigger picture. If you can bring it all under one umbrella too, I think yes. that helps. You know, like yes. Nash Live's under UMC, the Quinspin's under UMC. Like it's all under this umbrella. Yeah. And it helps like 
as opposed to having like all these separate little things, you know, because like I've tried that before too, and it didn't work because yeah. your attention just gets split. But it's like this feeds this, and this also feeds this, and mm. this is how it all feeds each other. Like, yeah. come up with an ecosystem for mm. it all. Or vertically integrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just come up with a way to like to where one informs the other mm. to where everything's feeding the overall vision come on you know i think that's really the important thing and it, like it could be multifaceted it could have different things involved with yeah. it like a podcast versus an event platform versus a blog like all these things mm. are feeding the mission of giving folks like yourself a platform yes you yes. know and i appreciate it too and Gratitude. well i i appreciate the opportunity to give it yeah. you know because like we're all fighting the same battle in a way to where we're all creating something from scratch and trying to be heard, mm. trying to build something out of nothing, yeah, you know, we, like out of very humble beginnings, mm -hmm. you know, the vast majority of us never come into this industry with, you know, a whole bunch of resources. We just no. have ideas That's it, and enough to get started. And then you got to pull from the resources or community. And I feel like you said our voices together are louder. Yeah. You know, so you know, that's what it's about, community, and shouting together that way we get hurt. Absolutely. Well, we are going to be coming up on time. We could sit here and talk all day. Yeah, I know. That's easy. It's we easy. could sit here and talk <laughs> straight through the next two interviews I'm, I'm, I'm doing today. But uh, before we go, I do want to give you a chance to let people know what's on the horizon for you yes. as well. Uh, any new releases, upcoming shows, anything mm. else with the movements happening? Yeah, man, I, I got you. Uh, shows coming up in Atlanta soon. I don't have the dates particularly, but that's me. My next move, Atlanta, doing a couple shows, possibly LA. Um, I do got a. Ho I'm hosting a show with Kojo next Friday. Uh, I think uh, Marcus Rose on the bill, May's on the bill, uh, a couple other artists on the bill. So I'd be hosting at the Analog. Uh, so y'all come out, you know, and vibe with us. It's going to be a great time. Kojo, Kojo Music, she's a, a phenomenal artist. Uh, also got a Black Blood Voices podcast coming out next year, first season in January, which is we're talking about discipline, basically showcasing uh, people that came out of prison and better their life, entrepreneurs, people that, you know, came from the street life, turned their lives over uh, to a better outcome, to a positive outcome. And, uh, and shout out to B4L. That's like Bang for Liberation. Um, Heru Heru is in the studio. We're working on some new stuff. So that should be exciting. Uh, and that's going to be dropping 2023. Uh, also, I got an EP coming out soon. I don't have a title yet, like I said. Um, but I got two songs down. I'm looking for my third song because I'm doing like a three-piece. Mm -hmm. Do something for the women. Do something that's for the masses, like a banger, mm -hmm. undeniably. And then I'm doing something that make you think or make you feel emotionally. And uh, Foundation Mecca, you know, I'm here to, you know, heal the people. Well, what's the date of that analog show? Analog show, uh, that's next Friday, I believe, tw uh, October 22nd. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. October 22nd. So, yeah, that's going to be live. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful venue. Yeah, man. Beautiful. I, can, I always manifested, like, I'm going to be in this venue one day. I'm a performance mm. venue, and I got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I got to email them back. I did send them an email about booking yeah. some stuff next you year, should, so bro. I can follow. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful yeah, venue. it's a beautiful room, and it sounds great. The lighting, as a photographer, yeah, chef's kiss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, me and Ian got some stuff about the release for some sync stuff. Uh, got a bunch of sync stuff uh, coming up. So sync and licensing uh, for people who don't know, but uh, that's that's going well as well. So that should be nice. Yeah. So if people want to find you online, where can they um, learn about all the things? 
uh, IG, Instagram, official Foundation Mecca, the real Foundation on TikTok, uh, or just Foundation Mecca, and then everywhere else, every streaming platform, including Audius, which is a decentralized platform for music, uh, kind of like Spotify, but for Web3. Uh, Foundation Mecca, and then Heru Heru, Hip Hop, uh, IG, and Heru Heru, uh, H-E-R-U, H-E-R-U, on every other platform, streaming-wise. We will do this many times in yes. the future. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And each one will be about two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. There's always there's always plenty to talk about with Foundation Mecca, and there's always plenty to listen to here on the Quinn Spin. Two ends in Quinn, two ends in Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, and more. Also at undergroundmusiccollective.com. That is our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, and more. Learn about us on all the socials, as well as on the UMC 20 playlist. You have 20 fresh tracks every week and the latest episode of the Quinn Spin every week as a bonus track. Nashlive.live, uh, we have some shows we're planning, like I said, on this episode. Really gearing up for 2023, but we're not going to leave you here in 2022 without at least a parting shot or two. So follow Nash Live at Nash Live Shows on all the sh- socials, namely Instagram. That's really the only one I post on because okay. Facebook's pointless. Rebel Nine's All I've Become is our closing theme song as well as our opening theme song, the end instead of the beginning, and it's going to take us out right now. Yeah.